Welcome back to the Unfair and Lovely Club podcast. I have a really special guest today, and her name is Diljot. Um, I'm really excited to have her on the show today because actually one of the reasons why she's here, like this is our first time meeting each other. Like we have not, not met each other. We've always just connected on social media mm-hmm. and just gassed each other up. Mm-hmm. But it was actually, I found you out and I followed you after you posted a picture of you at the beach mm-hmm. and you had a caption dedicated to colorism and talking about your experiences and you were super vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And at the time, no one was talking about it. Like not yeah. even the beauty brands. Like with big brown beauty brands now talking about colorism and talking about skin lightening, you were before the hype and mm-hmm. like you talked about it and I was just so in awe because it was just like, I related to it, but I was just like, I could never have done what you did like th- back then, like oh, I wow. couldn't. Yeah, so that's why I was just like, as soon as I read it, I'm like, I have to follow this girl. So then I've just been following her since, been gassing her up like since, and it's been her birthday and she made such a beautiful birthday girl. Like, <laughs> oh my God, like no, ca- like straight off the camera, right? Camera roll, straight off the camera roll. But um, we're just gonna start with some like pretty simple get to know questions. So right, can you just, good. so can you just tell us a little about yourself? So my name is? Diljot, or you can call me Dil. Honestly, people call me whatever they want, but I go by Dil. I'm so whitewashed. Um, I said Diljot. It's okay. Diljot. It's okay. Um, I'm a registered nurse, and I also, in my free time, I make content online. Yeah. You should follow her. She always makes you laugh. Um, But we're going to just move on to the second question. So how was your experience growing up with colorism? How did it make you feel? So I know I did touch upon that I read about it, but just for the audience, can you just let us know what, like, mm-hmm. what you had gone through and how did it make you feel? I, I remember colorism affecting my life since I was a child. Like I actually <laughs> used to sit next to my bed at night and pray that I would wake <gasps> up whiter. Oh my God. And it sounds crazy, but if you bring yourself back to my, like the the era where I was growing up. I was born in 96. Mm-hmm. In the early 2000s, all we had to look up to was like Hilary Duff, Mary Kate and Ashley. Yeah. I actually don't remember Even else. Bollywood, like we had Karina Kapoor, mm-hmm. we had Preeti Zintha, Ashwari Rai, like very fair-skinned, yep. like colored-eyed woman. Exactly. In both streams of media. Exactly. So I, I wanted to be like them. I wanted to look like them. And I just didn't want to be brown. Mm-hmm. Like, true to my core I didn't and mm-hmm. as I grew older anytime like someone would get married in my family or there would be a new bride I would always hear oh the kinna gora rang uh-huh. like how light is she and like random comments like that and I would really look at myself and be like is someone's family gonna want me because I look like this yeah and it was it's kind of dramatic but that's how I felt inside yeah and it took me a long time to get over it so then just my follow-up question is that like, were you the one of the few people in your family with melanin? Like, are, mm-hmm. is your family relatively fair-skinned? I have an older sister. She is, like, white-passing. And my mom is also really, really light. My dad is pretty brown, um, but he's also my dad. Um, what else? Oh, I have a lot of younger cousins. So everyone that's younger than me, there are, like, nine of us girls. They're all pretty melanated like me but they're younger than me so I didn't have anyone to look up to that was brown like me mm-hmm. other than my sister but she was white mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm just proceeding with the questions like what age did you start to embrace your melanin so like you talked about praying for light skin literally I would think about it like I'd be like how would I look like if I had light skin would I be more beautiful if I had light skin I would think the same thing as mm-hmm. you but for me it transitioned differently to the point where I thought since it covered every single part of my body I was like I'm ugly and I just accepted it and I was like it is what it is oh, I worked man. on my personality <laughs> my character that's what I did too yeah. I feel like the only reason I have an okay personality and I'm tolerable <laughs> is because I went through really ugly phases of my life 
so I thank God for those ugly faces. Yeah. Because it's like, how do you, how else do you build character if you're, everybody's just worshiping you and your fair skin, right? So just what age did you start embracing your melanin? Uh, I think it was between like 22 and 24, somewhere in that range. But that's also because we started seeing more representation. Mm -hmm. um, there was big beauty brands like bringing up girls that were darker than me and just like showcasing their beauty. And I never saw that before mm -hmm. when I was growing up. And also at the age, I had younger cousins that were in their preteen phase. Yeah. And they were going through the same things I was going through. And I wanted to be strong for them and I wanted to be a good example. So. I started changing my own brain chemistry because yeah. I'm like, you can't hate yourself because of the color of your skin. And I got to practice what I preach. So it's yeah. kind of like a, a cycle. So yeah. those were like probably tentatively your uni years. So like mm -hmm. did like going out and like learning how to do your makeup also probably like Definitely. embrace your melanin like that helped definitely like i was i swear i was doing like ghost face <laughs> when i was in high school and a lot of girls around me that were like my shade or darker were doing the same thing mm -hmm. like it would be like flash camera and then you just see yeah. like it was bad yeah but it's because we didn't even have shades that would cater to us and the more shades that would come out and i would learn how to do my makeup really much better yeah. and I feel like I just started embracing it that way yeah, yeah. you know for me because I relatively around the same age like it was around like 20 24 when I started like embracing my melanin and I stopped like hiding from the sun and it was only because of my black roommates because they knew how to do their makeup so flawlessly and I was like help me please like I told my roommates like I'm like Jasmine Janae you guys have to help me with my makeup and they actually helped me find like a foundation in my mm -hmm. shade they helped me understand my undertone they helped me with contouring and everything so I think that's when like the whole Kat Von D that six palette contour oh, yes. thing came I out. still use it I still it use came it. out I like it's literally ingrained into my brain like mm -hmm. my uni brain mm -hmm. but it was because of like black women because they got used to like they found ways to like embrace makeup and beauty at such a young mm -hmm. age and I just happened to live with them during my uni years and it was one of the most transformative things but it was because of them um, that I was learned to like embrace makeup and beauty and now I'm getting asked about my makeup tutorials. Mm -hmm. I think similarly to my experience, I guess to leeway off the question was that, were did you have any support systems around like talking about like colorism or like embracing your melanin or was it just like a solo dolo trip that you kind of just did it on your own? Honestly, the sad thing is it was, <laughs> it was pretty solo yeah because my best friends growing up they were also Punjabi background and like I still remember we'd be in school like in after summer they put their hands together and be like oh my god I got so dark yeah and they'd say it with such disgust yeah and those are the people I grew up with so I didn't really have anyone to tell me like you know what your skin's nice yeah. I had to like like look online <laughs> and find myself in other people online. And yeah. so that's why representation was a big thing for me. And just, you know, uh, talking with my cousins, bouncing back and forth. And we had similar experiences with our friends growing up. Mm -hmm. So knowing that there was other people that felt the same way. Mm -hmm. And you know what <laughs> pisses me off when people say, like, mm -hmm. I got so dark and then like I'll, I've called it out before and be like is that a problem be like no 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 there's nothing wrong with dark skin but I just don't like being this dark I just don't like it on my skin but it, I, it, it makes me feel gross or dirty like, yeah hearing that I felt sick yeah or my skin looks uneven like it actually pisses me off because that's how brainwashed they are they don't even realize that they're brainwashed to believe that they that's like dark skin or brown skin is synonymous with dirty or gross or just like negative adjective like I don't it goes across so many different cultures too yeah. it's not just it's not just Punjabi us. um you can go into the Philippines you can go to Hong Kong you yeah. can go to anywhere, anywhere in Mexico Brazil like, like anywhere exactly all along the equator you go around you'll see the people that are darker skinned 
there's a negative connotation like oh they must be working in the rice fields or yeah. they're villagers or they're low lower caste. class yeah. yeah it's just insane the things that you would hear yeah was it frustrating for you as a Punjabi woman because I know it's open to debate because of the whole partition and Punjab like that's a whole nother conversation but mm-hmm. North Indians get associated with fair skin so have you noticed any differences when talking about maybe about attitudes talking about colorism with like Punjabi people versus like non-Punjabi people uh I did hear some really messed up things when I was younger there was a lot of negative connotations with being Tamil if you were in Brampton oh my god I got the same thing it was really like hurtful and painful and I don't understand why I remember I would just be like talking with my friends and there's this little stupid kid and who made this comment he's like oh what'd you say Dil I can't hear you you're speaking in Tamil I don't understand (gasps) oh my god like it was just silly little comments it's like why did you say that and why is that negative yeah what's so bad about being Tamil is it because of the color of my skin yeah is it because I don't look like most of the other people around me it was just so weird because like I'm pretty sure he was pretty close to my skin color yeah we were very similar like guys have this weird mentality where like girls should be looking a certain way but yeah yeah, guys think that girls need to be lighter and, like, whatever. They but think that we should come out, like, what they look like in a magazine. Like, this is what she should look like. Yeah. And it's like... I still remember ooh. this guy in high school. If you're watching, you're going to know I'm talking about you. You can message <laughs> me afterwards and apologize because you've done it before. But he, we would sit together in, a, in the cafeteria table, and I have a friend that was a little bit darker than me, and he would be like, yeah, she's burnt. She's burnt. <gasps> and he was my skin color. Yeah. And he would constantly say that to her. And that Was girl, she Punjabi? Yeah, she was oh Punjabi. Oh, my God. And, like, making those comments is just not okay. You don't know what it does to a girl's self-esteem. Yeah. I think also doing it in front of a crowd just takes it to another level Mm -hmm. because then you're just putting this person on the spot and then that person is going to think, like, everybody's thinking this. And -hmm. then it's just, like, you're just digging yourself into a deeper hole. Like, relating, going back to your Tamil point, like, I always, whenever I go, whenever I meet into people when I travel or anything, um, they'll be like, oh, what's your background? And to, for fun, like, I'll just be like, oh, guess, like, why not, right? Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, oh, West Indian and Tamil. I always get West Indian. I always get West always. Indian. <laughs> I always get West Indian and Tamil. I have no hate to those communities. I love my West Indian people and my Tamil people. Like, they're the coolest people ever. They understand it. They understand, like, they can empathize with the struggles of colorism because, like, a lot of Punjabis can. A lot of Punjabis don't even see colorism as a problem because it, they think it's a beauty issue, but it's not. But it's just, like, that's also problematic that people don't even associate melanin or melanated people with Punjab. But it's just like, we're so diverse. Like literally we're just, we just sprout everywhere. And it's like so crazy that people are so small minded that they can't even associate one with the other. But yeah, mm-hmm. I'm so triggered. Facts. Yeah, it's very triggering <laughs> yeah. to say the least. Like the amount of stories you probably have between yeah. the two of us. Oh my God, yeah. Maybe we do a part two because like we, <laughs> we can get into the nitty and gritty. Like I was just maybe trying to start off late, but. Maybe you can have Diljot back. <laughs> Depending on TikTok, make this go viral so Diljot can come back. But um, just transitioning back to the next, or going back to the other questions is, what are some lessons you learned from growing up with colorism? So maybe positive, negative. Uh, I learned that it 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 is so broad and that it's seen in different cultures. When I grew up and I started talking to like my Filipino friends, I learned that this is bigger than India. This is mm-hmm. bigger than Bollywood. This is worldwide. It's like, it's colorism, you can call it colorism, you can call it shadism, mm-hmm. you can call it whatever you want. It's like a hierarchy of mm-hmm. wherever you go. Because, oh, I'm kind of lost on the train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
that's okay. What lessons have you learned? It's like a hierarchy, hierarchy. okay? It's like a hierarchy. The lighter skin you are, the closer you are to whiteness, and that's why it's idolized in any country you go, and it all goes back to colonization. Like, it's so deep, and that's what I learned. And it's so funny because you'll see these pro-Punjabi people or, like, these pro-Punjabi men be like, yeah, I only date Punjabi women, you know? I love my brown women. I could never go back to, like, dating non-brown women. But it's literally, like, just white-passing Punjabi women. And it's like, oh, honey, you're just low-key in love with the colonizer, but you don't even know it. Like, Mm -hmm. you're just really, like, fooling yourself. But it's so funny. The obsession with whiteness goes deep. It goes so deep. And a lot of people don't see the, like, relation between colorism and whiteness because that's what color is it's whitewashing your skin like literally washing your skin and my other question have you ever used fair and lovely i haven't used it i haven't used it either but my younger cousins unfortunately have and my some of my aunts have i've tried to buy a soap once (laughs) off amazon (laughs) it was a orange colored soap yeah it didn't work yeah it was stupid yeah and i threw it out yeah but i still see like some of my cousins still do use that stuff and I have to kind of just be like, okay, moving on. Yeah. But I see it in their washrooms. Yeah. Like, what Cousin, do you stop using it. If you uh, ever see this on your For You or, or on YouTube, stop you using it. You probably will. But um, <laughs> I was going to say, because I've, I've never used it, but it was, I'm so dumb. I bought this papaya soap. Because I, I think th- that might be, th- was it orange? I don't know what color it was. I think oh. it was orange because papayas are orange, right? It like was the an flesh. Asian beauty brand. It was East an Asian. Asian. It was an Asian. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I bought a papaya <laughs> soap thing, and it was advertised as a brightening, because I had a farmer's tan, mm-hmm. so I was like, yo, I gotta even this out, right? And then I find out, like, through Philippine media, or, like, a Filipino POV story about colorism, that papaya soap lightens your skin. I threw that out so quick, and I'm like, no, I don't want to lighten my no, skin. No, the sad part is, I bought that with that specific intent. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I was in high school. And everything I bought at the time yeah. had to have the word brightening in it. Yeah. Because that's what I wanted. Yeah. I wanted to be lighter. Yeah. Like, that was my end goal. I keep hearing these things. So, yeah, I bought that with that intent. But I'm proud to say yeah. that's nowhere near anywhere in my washroom. My now. mom also tried to put me onto this, like, I don't think at the time that she knew that it was a skin lightening cream, but it was also advertised as a brightening cream. Was it Pons? It wasn't Pons. It was, like, this a silver like a low-key brand, so I think that's why they got away with it, because Pond and Skin, like Fair and Lovely, they have some heavy lawsuits coming their way, and they're trying to rebrand so they don't get sued or whatnot. Yeah, Pond is a brand that I've seen in my family's washrooms. I like the smell of Pond's, but I don't think I would ever use such a fragrant cream on my face. (laughs) That's, like, no. I broke out a lot, so after I broke out during high school, I was like, never again. I'm not putting anything on my face. So I guess just to transition from talking about what skin lightening products we uh, use is what (laughs) empowers you now? (laughs) Honestly, it's doing my makeup, feeling bad, like yes. feeling like a baddie. Yes. Like going out and just embracing myself and feeling beautiful. Like yeah. genuinely feeling in my soul I'm pretty. And I didn't feel that way for so many years. And I'm just really happy to finally be there. And also finding a, ma- a matching foundation. Yes. That really empowers me. Yeah. Yeah. And being able to make my own decisions and just ignoring all the naysayers. Yeah. Like, for me, blush empowers me. Because for s- such mm-hmm. a long time, I was like, oh, it's not even going to show. Like, my skin is too dark. Mm-hmm. But now I overblush. Like, it's just, like, I love it. Like, I just you got to find the right shade yeah. that works on you. I feel like I look like a Disney princess. Like, I, you just look so flushed and whatnot. So that's really, like, fun to hear that mm-hmm. beauty was one of the things that 
because skin lightening creams are beauty, but like the fact that beauty empowers you is like a cool 180. Mm -hmm. So on the topic of makeup, what's your secret beauty tip for all the melanated girls? So many. But um, one that stands out to me is I have a lot of hyperpigmentation, and that's mm -hmm. something that a lot of us Punjabi girls, brown girls, deal with. Mm -hmm. So I would never know how to correct my under eyes. Girl, I just started doing that now. It's like at like now. It looks good. Yeah, like you I got the coverage down. Yeah, I, that's literally what I started doing. I was looking gray like mm -hmm. for five years. Yeah, it's like finding the right products. And for my concealer, like my number one tip is put the concealer on from here to here, wherever you want but let it sit, yeah. let it sit for like two to three minutes. And you don't need to go ham with the blending because you want that product to be sitting there. So I just, I think Jackie Ina, yeah. she's the one that taught me this. Shout out to Jackie Ina. I've learned Jackie so much Ina, about makeup because of her. She has a concealer hack. I'm probably not explaining it well. Just look at how she does her concealer in her mm -hmm. videos. And that's what taught me yeah. <laughs> how to do my concealer. Okay, so what advice would you give to someone who struggles to embrace their beauty? I feel like I would tell them to stay away from beauty trends and TikTok trends about what's hot and what's not. Because you'll find every three months something else is beautiful. And it's not going to be what you find. Like, you go back to like six months ago mm. it was the fox eye trend yeah and then just the other day it's the i don't even know what those eyes are called the uncompaku eyes okay i don't know it's like the I'm big on the, the big eyes it's just eye. doe eyes like every every so often a different trend appears before it used to be that the round like childlike face yeah remember when tiktok first came oh out my God. bella poach yeah that was a trend and now it's sleek like be bella hadith yeah it was a trend to be thick last year and now everyone wants to be skinny. Yeah. It literally makes no sense. So if you keep looking outside for what's what makes you feel beautiful, you're never going to find it. You got to look inside. Mm -hmm. And whatever you have, what makes you unique, like you're one of one. Yeah. And that's what you got to remind yourself. You just need a good eyebrow routine and a good base routine. And no one can touch you. Because after that, like experiment mm -hmm. with everything else. I think eyeshadow, eyeliner. I think every brown girl should know how to do eyeliner. I think it's like a right of way, like, or like a coming of age thing yeah, to right figure of out. Passage. Right of passage. <laughs> That's what I was trying to figure out to say, but, um, but like definitely learn how to do your eyeliner and don't follow every single trend. Cause I feel like a lot of people do the wrong eyeliners for their like wrong eye shape. Like it's just not the right mm -hmm. fit or whatever, but yeah, mm -hmm. can't go wrong with a good brow routine and a base routine. So my final question is, what are you looking most forward to in the new year? Two things. Making money. Yes. Obviously. Uh, gotta get the bag. Of course. And traveling, for okay. sure. Where yeah. are you traveling? So I have a trip to Punta Cana booked. Okay, um, cool. End of March. I'm definitely going to go to India in oh November, December. We were just talking about India. So yeah, I'm definitely going to go to India. And okay. um, in the middle there, I don't know where I'll go, but it'll probably be a last minute trip. Yeah. Home. Because where are your parents from? From India, um, in Punjab. Well, my dad's actually from Kenya. That's oh the, wow! Yeah, so it's so cool. My dad's whole side is are Kenyan. Yeah. And even my cousins on my dad's side were Kenyan born, but he came to Canada, and then my mom came from India, and it was an arranged marriage, obviously. <laughs> and yeah. um, they met, and they they got married, and then here I am in Canada. But um, my mom's from Punjab, like next to Mocha. I okay. Guess somewhere around there. Okay, cool. And my dad, they, their family does have a been there, but no one's there. They're they're all based in Kenya. Okay, yeah. cool. 
Oh my god, this is such a good vibe. I feel like we talked so quickly. Like I don't even know what time it is, and I also don't even know what we even said. Like it feels yeah. like just a blurb. I just feel this like could all make a lot of sense, or it could all really sound really dumb. Yeah, but we'll <laughs> see on TikTok how it comes out. Mm-hmm. Like we'll see. But I just wanted to thank you so much for coming, Dilta. Mm-hmm. You're so sweet. It's so beautiful. Like I love when like Stop. brown skin. <laughs> I love when brown skin girls like find out that they're baddies, and it's just like mm-hmm. they're feeling themselves, and I'm just like I'll always gas up. Like especially South Asian girls, but Punjabi girls obviously have a special place in my heart because I'm biased. Mm-hmm. But I think it's always just so enlightening to see brown women of different shapes, sizes, face shapes, skin colors embrace them their own beauty because it's just like if they're doing that and I'm seeing it, then young girls in their family and young girls in their social circles and young girls in your professional industries are seeing it. And it's just yeah. like she's hot, so I can be hot. Like exactly. like it's literally a domino effect. Yeah, is key. And we don't need representation to be like pushed down our throats, but I think it's also important to see very everyday people or like a girl that I like. I definitely have cousins or relatives that look like you, but it's just mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Could I go up and talk to them about colorism? Probably not. But mm-hmm. it's just like thank you for the vulnerability as well. Like mm-hmm. at such a like I don't I wouldn't say young age, but to be aware of your trauma and acknowledge it, but then share it with people and then have such an optimistic view about it mm-hmm. shows how important healing is, but it also shows like how your healing journey was. So mm-hmm. it was such a pleasure to meet you. I can't Thank wait you. to meet you again. I yes. will be coming to Vancouver probably sometime in May. Oh my God, that'll be so fun. So we're definitely I'm pretty sure I'll still be there. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely um, I will see you, but um, thank you for once again tuning in. I hope that um, this episode was everything that you needed to hear, or maybe not everything that you need to hear. Maybe it was something new that you heard, but um, I look forward to seeing you guys again. Bye.